Hello and welcome to the sixth episode of the Logo Marked 5 Minute Podcast, where I interview designers from around the world. Today I have Scott Fuller, aka Studio Temporary, from the USA. How are you doing today? Doing great. It's about uh, 5.30, stuff over here, starting to get a little hungry. It's almost dinner time, but uh, you know, been here going since about 8 o'clock this morning and uh, been looking forward to this. So uh, nice. thanks for having me on. No problem. So the first question is, what's your favorite logo and why? Oh man, I, oh. I man, I don't even know. I mean, I've got there's so I mean there's there's an insane amount of these things to choose from. I mean, it, I feel like it changes so much daily. But um, yeah. man, you know what? I'm just gonna pick. I'm just gonna kind of pick one at random here. Um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna show it to you. We'll say this guy. Nice, good choice. Saul, ba- Saul Bass. I think it's. Um, I think it's absolutely beautiful. But you know, for me, it's not just the shape or the you know the thickness or whatnot. But it's just the way that it works. The way that it you know it just it just encompasses like everything about the company. I feel in just a few shapes. You know, I've seen this thing. Um, there's a, a manhole cover right outside my building that has this on there. And if you go around like four or five different blocks here in downtown Atlanta, you'll see every iteration of the Southern Bell AT&T logo. I mean, everything we're talking, you know, 60 years ago or whatnot. It's, it's insane. And it's lasted and it still has that power even after all these years. I mean, you know, but anything by, you know, this guy, you've got, uh, what is it, Burton Kramer, uh, Lance Wyman, um, you know, Bob Norda, C&G, all these guys, I mean, just incredible. And I, I love how something this, you know, this polished and beautiful and simple can still last and still have relevance, you know, in in 2017 as much as it did when it was first designed. Yeah, definitely. I absolutely love that logo as well. <laughs> it's so funny i've got a what is it i've i don't know a little pencil sharpener i've got all kind of these fun little things that i found just anything i can find with this logo on there i just kind of snatch it up the metal signs is where it starts to get really really uh expensive yeah but i got this thing for a quarter nice. and then i talked to talk this guy into giving me this thing for like two bucks so good haggling what what is your number one place to go when researching for for when you're designing a logo Hmm. Um, you, I mean, look here, you know what? I'm just going to do this. I'm going to, um, pull this around for a second. I'm going to show you a little bit of my, a uh, little bit of my space and while I go to do this. So over here, I've, you know, everybody's got the books and whatnot, you know, behind all the Coke bottles and stuff like that, but everybody's got their own little, you know, a bit of books and everything like that. I mean, anything by, you know, Wyman, you know, Beirut, some of those guys are just fantastic. But I look so much at at this type of stuff, the stuff yeah. that I that I'm constantly finding and looking at because you can I mean this is, you know, seventy six, I mean, but it's got these beautiful lines, incredible type, you know, even something just just something on a little button, you know, how well, you know, these guys were, you know, were thinking, you know, what is it going to look like on a button? You know, we think about what's it going to look like on an Instagram header, you know, <laughs> and whatnot. So I look at a lot of things that, that have been done in the past. Um, but I also draw, um, as you continue to design and continue to, to make more and make more, 
everybody has their own little tricks and tips and everything, but you can also kind of call on, you know, not just your own professional experience, but your, you know, life experience. You know, my dad was a machinist, um, still is. And, um, he taught one of the, one of the biggest things he taught me, you know, we were sitting there, you know, cutting metal on, on a lathe or a mill and whatnot. He would say, now remember this. He said, you can always take more off, you know, take more metal off whatnot. He said, but you can never put more back on. So when I start, it's, it's everything goes. There's no, there's no wrong answer. When I start researching, you know, obviously you're researching within certain parameters, but when I sit down with, you know, with my pencil and, and the paper and everything, there's no rules. And you just start, you bring in all these different sources and, you know, thinking about it and sketching out just literally whatever comes to your mind. And then you start to chip away and, and shave it down a little bit more until just the minimum, just the right amount is left over, you know? So starts with everything from the client and everything, but I look at so much of, you know, what's already been done because the logos were just incredible. Um, even, uh, what is it? The CSX logo, the train logo, it's just three letters. It's, uh, I think it's Louisville and graph. I don't think there's really anything completely special about it, but I remember the dark blue and gray and that bright yellow, um, color of that logo. And I'd see it as a kid, you know, that was my first train when I was, you know, when I was like five or six, and, you know, they're not trying to they're, – they're just trying to get a point across. They're just trying to say here is – this is who we are, you know, and then our – what we do with that. What we do as a company, that will kind of give the meaning yeah. to that logo or to that mark and whatnot. So long answer short, um, I get a lot of research from things that have, you know, most folks are, you know, dead and gone. That's where I get a lot of my research and stuff done as far as – you know, I don't even want to call it inspiration. It's just, you know, there's a lot of different ways to make a logo. You know, this is just this is just how I do it. When did you so, first? When when, is like, when did you first get into design? Um, I mean, like like most folks. I mean, I don't I don't have like this big big story, but I mean, we all started to draw as a kid and everything. You know, weird. Uh, we had horrible watercolors and stuff, like the little Crayola watercolors and stuff. They had like little five little pucks or whatever in there. I used to do that when I was, when I was a little kid, you know, the Legos and whatnot. But I think when I first got a design, I was, uh, I'd say it'd be about, uh, 97, 98. Um, I was a big, uh, I still am. I was still a NASCAR fan and I was enamored by the designs on the cars. And, you know, I got to, I got to talk to the guy that did so many of those designs. Ironically, his name is Sam Bass. No relation to Saul, but it was it was really really cool, and I, I always I always find that hysterical. You know, there's that little you know correlation there. But I loved how he could just take a few colors, or you know, whether it's using the sponsors' colors or whatnot, and make these beautiful designs that now are just hallmarks of the sport. So my friends would come over, and we'd play the video games and everything. But a lot of the racing computer games had a, a bit where you could go in and actually design the cars yourself. So my friends would come over, we'd have like four or five of us or whatnot. And I'd sit there and, and sketch out their designs and whatnot, and then I'd put it together and then we'd race them. Um, but, um, you know, even when I went into school, 
I still went in for more fine art, you know, pen and pencil painting and stuff like that. Because for me, when I thought of art, I thought that was it. I didn't even know what graphic design was. So my sophomore year, I discovered it after, uh, you know, my first, you know, graphic design class that we all had to take. And I realized I've been doing it most of my life. I just didn't realize it. So I'd say about, you know, 13 or whatever is when I really kind of got into that. But, um, you know, I was starting to notice a lot of that stuff, even as a little kid, um, you know, working around, uh, you know, my, like I said, my dad's shop. I mean, <laughs> we had, there is just, there is inspiration for days within, uh, within a lot of that, a lot of that stuff. A lot of these companies have been around, you know, for, you know, for decades and been around for a long, a long time. So their history or their colors or whatnot was always something that, you know, that I'll remember. So I was exposed to it a lot, but that's, that's kind of when I really got started. Perfect. Thanks. So what are your most used font or do you, do you have a favorite font? <laughs> um, I actually, um, what is it? I was recently featured on my fonts right. um, and they actually asked me <laughs> this question, but they gave me five instead of one. So um, I don't, I don't know. I, I really enjoy some of the basics. You know, I enjoy some of the basic fonts are great. I have to say I love universe. Um, I think it is, you know, you can use it in so many different situations. You can use it for a museum and it'll look beautiful. You can use it for a luxury brand. You can use it for, you know, as down in the dirt, you know, brand as you, as you could get. It's in, it's, it's literally for me, it's kind of a type for the ages. And I mean, it's, it's just nice. I mean, I enjoy that one a lot. Um, uh, the Euro styles and stuff like that. It's so funny. I, I don't get a chance to use them too much, but I love extended typefaces. I love them. And there's not a ton. There's not a ton of them out there that are like really, really like used a whole lot. Um, I'm actually working on one right now, uh, a custom one right now. Um, that's kind of I'm kind of taking all those pieces of my favorite extended typefaces and making this awesome kind of a title case uh, font. So nice. we'll see how that turns out. But I'd have to, I'd have to say, if I were to pick one, I'd, I think I'd say Universe. Nice. I look forward to that font. So, so uh, who is your? I know it's gonna be hard, but who's your logo design idol? Your mate? Like, do you have, obviously you have a few. Oh, I've got a couple. <laughs> I've got a couple. I mean, and it's a lot of the same guys that that I mentioned. You know, yeah. you've got your. I'd say um, Lance Wyman for sure. Um, like I said, Burton Kramer. Um, Probably my biggest inspiration, and a lot of folks, I, w- I was surprised. I mean, when I heard of him, I, I'd never heard of him before, but I'm even surprised now that how many folks have never heard of this guy. His name is Malcolm Greer, uh, G-R-E-A-R. Um, he, he passed away last year. Um, he was in his 80s, but he, um, I found an old book of his about five years ago, and he, this guy's done some incredible work. Uh, you know, the '96 Olympics in Atlanta. The he's done a lot of work down here in the South, which is amazing. They're from he's from Rhode Island. You know, he taught at RISD for a long, long time. But his work is just it's so simple and so clean. But the meaning within there. Uh, I'm trying to think of one logo. Oh, the um, the Presbyterian Church logo. So like the the dove and the Bible and the, oh, yeah. the cross and everything like that. That was him, right. and just incredible incredible work but i found a book i found a book by him found it online for you know, it was like 12 bucks or something i put it up on my instagram 
And then maybe 20 minutes later, I got a call from his son who worked at, who worked at, at Malcolm Greer Designers in, in Rhode Island. He said, where did you find this thing? And it was like a second edition or something like that. And I told him when we got to talk. So wow. I mailed him the book, asked if he'd get his dad to sign it. He said, oh, no problem. And I sent along some of my own work, of course, because I'm that guy. So I, uh, I sent the package along and everything. And two weeks later, I got the book back, signed in there, and it was great. You know, signed the book. And then he wrote me a note, took, it, took their letterhead or whatnot, hand wrote me. He didn't type it out. He hand wrote me a note. He said, thank you for the kudos. I'm happy to sign the book. And then he told me one thing that I think five years ago literally changed everything that I was doing. He's, and it, it sounds so simple, but it's, you know, sometimes it's the simplest things that can have the most impact, right? But he said, pay attention to form and counterform of your, of your logos when, I, when I'm designing my logos. So, so many times I've made the outside all this little thing, and then, you know, in the inside there might be all these little shapes and whatnot. It's just any of the negative space left over. So making sure that every single thing is paid attention to from how um, – what is it from how the the lines cross to uh, I mean just just everything and that right there literally changed my my career now I never got a chance to meet him or talk to him and I, I hate that because you know I had a chance to meet uh, I had a chance to meet uh, Vignelli Massimo Vignelli oh, when he came wow. to Atlanta in 2012 I had a chance to go but my work backed out of it at the last second uh, paying for me to go do this thing for a week. So I never got a chance to meet him, you know, and that's happening now more and more with, you know, a lot of these designers and, you know, thankfully we've got books and any paraphernalia that I can find. Mm. And I'm so happy that that stuff is out there because for me, it's almost like they're talking to me through those pieces, but you know, it comes, the design can come, some of these pieces that I have that I've taken a lot of inspiration from, I have no clue who designed. Like, you know, even just uh, that, you know, I haven't, I don't know who made that. I have no idea, but it's beautiful. Great symbolism, incredible design, beautiful line work, you know, so it can come from anywhere, but those are those. I'd say those are my top couple, and I know I take a quick, a, a small question, a short question into a really long answer. So I apologize. So uh, I don't know if we'll make your. I, I'm sure we've already we're already over your five minutes, but I mean it's it's very five to ten minutes. <laughs> but there uh, it is. We're going to ten. <laughs> no, I, I totally agree. Um, oh, it's gutting that you didn't meet to meet get to meet Pinelli though. I was so close, so close. I mean, you're just, you know, an hour away or like 30 minutes away from, from where I was. It was really close. One of my friends got to do the class. But, but you know, we've got their talks. We've got their books and everything like yeah. that and, um, you know, his canon and everything. So that will kind of always always be there. And, you know, it's so funny because he had this incredible way of talking, you know, this beautiful accent and everything. So what's really funny is you read through any of his stuff and even with any of the guys, you know. Um, you know, you just kind of hear the, if you think of them, it's almost like you read it in their voice in your head. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, it's like you're having this really awesome, like one-sided conversation with a legend. So it's a little weird, I know, but it's, it's still kind of funny, Yeah. but. So it's, what is the most valuable design book you've read? I mean, you mentioned a few. Mm -hmm. Do you have one? Ooh. <laughs> one that um, I should buy now or, or someone on the, who's listening should buy straight away. 
Hmm. <laughs> you got me a good one right there. Um, <sighs> any of Rand's books are, are really, really amazing. I, I really enjoyed those. Um, as far as, you know, I mean, as far as like, you know, books on, I mean, Really, I mean, really, Paul Rand's kind of kind of autobiography photo was really good. The Saul Bass book was was great. Um, one book that's actually for me was really really a lot of fun um, was Victoria James Victoria's book um, Who Died and, and Made You Boss. Um, Victoria, he's I mean he's he's an, you know artist slash designer and everything, so it's a little you know it's a little different from some of the work that I do, but. I love his concept of just kind of getting in there and doing the work, you know, make, you know, whether it's, you know, you know, don't be afraid to have a voice or don't be afraid to, you know, put your own, you know, put your own work in there or not, not just your own work, but, you know, put your own experiences, your own, uh, take on life and whatnot, you know, things in your, things in your past, things that you've, you've done or messed up on. And I really enjoy that. Um, the war of art was really, really good. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I can look at my desk and whatnot. So much of the books that I have here are, you know, got logo books. You've got, you know, Beirut, you know, Michael Beirut, some of those guys, but the war of art is really, really good. And, um, you know, Victoria's book is, is fantastic. Um, for that. So a few things to, to kind of look through. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I pick up uh, Paul Rand's book as well. A lot of, a lot of his books, like, um, the chaos one, I can't remember what the full name is. Oh, uh, uh, it was, um, I think I actually have it over here. That's, that's a really rare uh, book. That's thoughts on design. Oh, uh, actually here it is right here. Um, it's called design. It's got Paul Rand's signature kind of right here, but design form and chaos. Yeah. Yeah, great, great book. Um, uh, this thing has been absolutely, uh, what is it, absolutely beat to death. But it is, um, it's really amazing just how he looks, you know, how he looks at his stuff and just and just kind of goes through that. Nice. Um, but yeah, just uh, it was, I was glad when I found it and, uh, you know, for just a couple bucks. Yeah. And uh, it's been an invaluable resource for me. Definitely. So out of all, all of the experience you've got and all of the books you've read and stuff, He's making me sound like an old guy. It's like after all these <laughs> things you've seen and all these things you've done and experienced, you know. Well, I'm just kidding. So, so, what is your number one tip for designing a logo? For designing a logo, um, <laughs> I mean, keep it keep it simple. I mean, there's don't try to put too much into it. I mean, you know, put a lot of work and everything into it, but there's so many. There's a lot of, I've seen a lot of designers, like they try to put, you know, what is it there? Uh, like this company they're working for might have seven tenants that they fall so close. They follow so close and it's, well, we got to try to figure a way to represent all of that in, in this logo. And it ends up just being this, just this mess, you know? So figure out really what you're trying to say, make it simple, make it memorable, you know? And make sure, make sure, especially now, I mean, they did it, you know, 50, 60 years ago because, you know, that was, you know, their big deal was how is this thing going to fax? You know, we don't have to think about that now, but now we see it, you know, 
this big on Twitter or on our phones or whatnot, make sure it works at all sizes. You know, I was talking with a, um, I was talking with a new client today and we're working on some stuff for, uh, that's going to be seen a lot on a, on a YouTube channel. Well, what happens when some kids got a really crappy internet connection and it's at like 240 or something like that. And that logo's and the whole thing's blurry. Can they still make out your logo? You know, all of these things, they, they need to be considered. Um, one that I uh, consider where it's going to be used, how it's going to be used, you know, and that in and of itself will help you simplify and just and just really kind of get to the kind of get to the right point. That makes sense. That definitely makes sense. That's such a such a good point to make as well. I mean, like the simplicity thing, that was my that was my tip as well. Like uh, when I did well, the first one, when I recorded it with myself. Um, mm-hmm. And then the size obviously comes from that, and it's yeah, that's yeah. priorities. <laughs> so, <laughs> where can people find you? Okay, um, you can find me online at thestudiotemporary.com cool. and uh, all of my social media Twitter, Instagram is at Studio Temporary. So, come by, check it out. You know, if you like, if you like to work or whatever. You know, say hi if you, you know if you want to say hi. I'm I'm pretty uh I'm pretty open. I, I love talking to people. I mean, email, Skype, and everything is fantastic. But I like talking. You know, I like talking to to folks just like this. So, you know, reach out if you have any questions. Please feel free to email me. You know, I'm, you know, I may look like a guy you may not want to approach from time to time, but I'm really a nice guy. So, you know, let me know. You know, hope you hope you like the work and whatnot. And uh, man. That's really about it. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you very much for being on the podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Logomark podcast. Go and check out Scott. He does some amazing work. Really, really beautiful. Clean, thick lines. Just some of my favorite work is by him. So go and check that out. Mainly on Instagram and Twitter and where his website and everywhere. Everywhere online uh, at Studio Temporary. Also the new podcast jingle. That is by Jeff Kale. So thank you very much for him for us using his work. Finally, if you want to check out anything else about Blue Deer Design, you can go to bluedeer.design or logomarked.co.uk. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Logomarked Podcast. I'll see you in the next one.